Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Season 5 of the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. And Scotty, welcome to Season 5. Can you believe we've made it to our fifth season? No, it's crazy from day one. Um, thanks for the warm welcome. Hopefully it's a good year for Hopefully it's a lot of positive. Um, and thanks for all the listeners for the last five seasons. Absolutely. I think we've got to thank the listeners um, again for listening in recent months uh, as we're preparing to get back onto the airwaves, Scotty. We noticed that quite a few listeners, particularly in February of this year, were listening to episodes that um, were some of them were two years old. So, um Thank you for the support, even though we haven't dropped an episode since, I think, about October. Mm, yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, I suppose boring. I mean, for for us, a lot of us, a lot of things were going on between us, too, for us too. Uh, so we couldn't drop episodes. We usually do some off-season specials. So hopefully uh, when it comes to this off-season, which I don't want to talk about too much because... Uh, Football hasn't even started, so let's not talk about the bad time of the year before it even starts. Uh, we could do some some episodes over the off season this year, and if you got some ideas, we've got the whole year to talk about to get those off season episodes ready. I reckon. Absolutely, but uh, we are still in the preseason of this season. Yeah, twenty twenty three. I'm already Wait. thinking about 2024 episodes, apparently. Yeah, apparently. All right. Uh, it's been a pretty good off-season for the Bulldogs. Um, lots of changes. We're not going to go through every single news item that's dropped um, since uh, since our last episode. However, we'll touch on a couple of the uh, the highlights from the off-season. And for me, Scotty, um, one, well, the biggest highlight of the off-season slash pre-season has been seeing Josh Reynolds back in the Bulldogs jersey. All is right with the world. Can we just say that? It, he belongs there. Um, but both his trial games, I suppose, uh, for the Bulldogs have been, I thought he's played his part really well. He a lot of energy. Uh, he got the try at Belmore. It went off. It was mm. it completely off. He almost scored against the Raiders, but he was, he was playing, I thought he played really well uh, in the trials. He, he did everything for possibly to jag a bench spot, or did he do more? Jagger starting 13. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. We might have to wait for our predictions out um, for the next week's episode, perhaps. But that's right. The, the chanting and the atmosphere at Belmont was something incredible for a trial match. About 8,000 people showed up for that one. And um, you'd be forgiven for believing it wasn't a trial. Hey? Yeah, the grandstand was pretty packed. It was when Reynolds scored, it sounded like there was 35,000 people there. Um, and we know what Belmont. <laughs> And what can only hold the 18 to 20 mark. So it went off. It was absolutely insane scenes. It's and just to see Josh Reynolds scoring another try in a Bulldogs jersey, you wouldn't think that would ever happen again. I know it's a trial preseason, mm. but just to see him in a blue and white jersey crossing the line, you thought once he left, that was never happening again. And the Reynolds chair, the Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that would have happened again at Belmore um, after all these years? It's fantastic. I'll tell you what, something also impressive about Josh, Josh Reynolds was that first game against Canberra. I thought his kicking game was pretty amazing. He's kicking into corners, making the Raiders come out of uh, tough spots. And Josh it wasn't really um, known for that in his previous life. No. Box. 
not known for his kicking. Um, well, as his his forte was known always for his energy and making things happen. And you just got to watch him. He's a, a an annoying little thing. Um, watch him close mm. to the line because he would do things unconventional, uh, which would would be where he was at his best catching people off guard. But yeah, his kicking was good. And then I thought his combination of Kyle Flanning and I thought, um, funny mm. enough. Flanagan looked a lot more comfortable with uh, Reynolds in number six than he does Burton. Um, that was a yeah. topic I'll bring a bit later, but it felt like they both complemented each other a lot better. I'm not saying Burton's not the best number six by any stretch because that's not that's I think fact, but it just it looked Flanagan looked felt a yeah, bit the, calm. Comp- I don't know, the age of Reynolds there, you know, the old boy. You're right. The combination between Reynolds and Flanagan looked good in that first that first game against Canberra. I think one thing to remember though is. Um, I went back and looked through and see which players were playing on that Canberra side. So um, it was a week in Canberra side as well. But yeah, Josh Reynolds' long kicking game in particular was quite impressive to me. Um, my memories of his kicking game from years gone by was more his short kicking game, but his long kicking game, his controlling of the game along with flooding, it was good. His scheming at 5-8 was uh, impressive to me as well. Mm, the first try they scored the trial was uh, was the, the play start of Josh Reynolds switching the ball back and back and catching a bit of Raiders out off guard with Flanagan yeah. uh, popping in. But yeah, I also love thing to say about the Raiders, uh, I suppose in that game, that maybe I thought after we beat the Raiders and how comfortable it looked, not at any stage, even though the Raiders were coming back a little bit, not at any stage, I think we lost that game, um, was that the Raiders went on to lose against the Tigers the week after, and not lose against the Tigers, but absolutely flogged by a Tigers side that was probably missing the best four players. Yeah, interesting. That would have been a better Raiders side too. And we'll get to the trials in just a minute. But, Scotty, the second thing that stood out to me this off-season slash pre-season, the second highlight, if you will, for myself, is the Kennel episodes on YouTube. How great has that been for building up anticipation and excitement for the year ahead for fans? Obviously having some great insights into our club's preparations and, you know, really introducing and highlighting some of the personalities uh, amongst the group, uh, new and new and older players alike. Um, the sharing of cultures, I thought, out at uh, Campbelltown, that was really yeah, something that was really cool. Um, and for a lot of fans, you know, following a team that hasn't had a lot of success in the last five or six years, I think that has really made a connection between the club and the, the fan base again. I think that's been a, a massive positive and um, probably one of the best bits of independent club um, content I've seen. Yeah, I've got to say, whoever brought this idea to the meeting, how do we engage with fans and stuff, and I don't know how they got the idea or thing, but they pat on the back, whoever it was, and then, but then the people behind who's actually putting the work in together, because it's one thing saying let's do a, like a little 10-minute episode, 15-minute episode uh doco but you got to put it together the way it's been put together uh getting the players the players buying into it but also mm. players having honest conversations with the cameras it's something that um i'm going to talk about slightly different documentary but in the cricket the test they said at first it was a little bit awkward knowing that the camera was on them and they could see when usually the camera is not in that space so it said it took it took them a little bit to lose focus on the camera again mm. um so, but it just looked so it, everything was natural. What they caught was natural. Uh, sharing some of the um, the stuff I was actually talking to someone said that the first episode had some swear words in it, and they were like, Oh, I was like, That's what I want to catch. That's what that's I right, it's, it's genuine. Yeah. 
it's authentic. Yeah, it's that's what I'm saying about them. It's like it's been filmed. Um, the players are just going on as their business as usual, um, which is really good. It puts you like some of those team meetings, in particular the first uh, episode where you see them. That's in, oh, and the tr- they had the uh, the trivia night game. It always felt like we were involved in the trivia um, somewhat, mm. or you felt like when I have the team meeting and you had Joshie Reynolds talking, and then yeah. it felt like shit. Josh Reynolds is like to my left, or whatever it is. You know, he's like right there in the room with him. So I credit to them all. It's real stuff. It's authentic, like you said. So, and how good has it been to see? Raymond Fatala Mariner's love for the club shine through um, in those episodes. Uh, I think it was episode one, he was addressing the players just in a circle and he started to get emotional saying that how much he loved the club. And then again in episode three, when uh, we see Kevin Serrano offer him the club captaincy, uh, yes. we'll get to captaincy later, uh, how, how that hit him. And you could see he was trying to not cry, but the emotions were coming too much and, you could just see him get to the stage where he's just he's almost weeping and just saying, I, I really do love this club, like that sort of thing. Um, that's incredible for, for all fans. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't seen it, get on YouTube. Uh, it's free. Type The Kennel, uh, episode one, and then follow your way through. I think there's going to be five or six episodes in total. I heard Aaron Warburton on um, Hayden Knowles' podcast say – five or six episodes. I can't remember which, which number it was, but um, it looks like we're going to be leading right up to round one, possibly. Yep. Uh, and it's it's great content, really high quality, fantastic stuff. Um, we just touched on it, Scotty. The captains or the, the leadership squad was announced over the off-season. Um, so we'll get our thoughts on that in a minute. Uh, club captain Raymond Fatala Mariner, uh, obvious choice, right? Especially after what we just discussed in the kennel. Yeah, and definitely wasn't shocked when it was announced that he was club captain. It might have been shocked in the way how the captaincy structure is, uh, which we'll talk about, but Ray Patel and Mariner, uh, the talks of Josh Adekar didn't think ever that was ever going to be a, a possibility. Um, mm. When I was looking in the off-season, I wish we had a, did a podcast episode because Raymond was my pick as captain, and I thought I had a Smokey. My Smokey would have been, my massive Smokey would have been Max King. Um, but mm. that was, you know, he's only been at the club for a year. So it was always Raven Patel and Mariner as club captain. Um, so, but like you said, you look, watch the episode, watch what, what the club means to him. You see mm. him featuring heavy in most episodes. Then he, when he gets to address the boys, when they announce it, it everyone was ecstatic. Oh, Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. And you've just touched on it there. Uh, two other players, Josh Adekar and Max King, along with William and Kickout, are in the leadership group as well. And obviously the on-field captains are going to be Reed Marty and um, Matt Burton. Um, look, I heard a lot of commentary from the general NRL media or general fans, if you would, when it got announced, um, you know, around it being a shock that, it's a leadership group and not a single player. I'll tell you what, I I couldn't have been less shocked given the situation the club's in at the moment, given the lack of success that we've had over the last five or six years, given the fact that it's a tire new it's a new head coach, Phil Gill's involved now as well. Um, the amount of player turnover, the the level of experience and um 
the level or the amount of players that have been at the club for a long, you know, for more than a couple of years is quite low at the moment in, in the top thirty. Um, I think we had to go leadership group. Yeah, um, every club has a leadership group anyway. Like Melbourne Storm announced theirs yesterday. Yeah, I think well, first of the podcast doesn't mean anything. Uh, announced uh, the week of the release of the podcast, this podcast, and they announced uh, Christian Welsh to be the captain, and a few in the leadership group um, there. So leadership group very popular. The captaincy, the interesting thing is the on-field captains, and what does that directly mean? And you yeah. saw on the weekend. Uh, both the uh, Burden and uh, Mahani was leading out the boys on the field. Um, yeah. So it looks like Reed has taken the uh, senior role there too, from my my viewing of the trials. Yeah, for the, particularly you could see it more this, uh, the second week because obviously Matt wasn't playing the first week. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying, like watching, he was leading the boys out, but like mm. then seeing them come together for the first time and yeah. share that. But yeah, it's, it'd be interesting. Um, yeah, Raymond's definitely the the leader of yeah. the club. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I like the breakdown. So if you, the way I look at the breakdown, and uh, I might be the first to have said this uh, out there, but Raymond Fatala Mariner, the more mature player, the guy's been around the traps. You see the successes, you see the lows. Um, he'll be great for the sponsorships. I don't know if he's going to be doing the press conferences, but. I think he'd be great for that as well, uh, and just to be really the face of the club. However, Raymond is not the most vocal player on the field, and I don't know if this is the reason it's coming to or why, but um, you, you never see him be the most vocal player towards officials or, or anything like that. So I'm wondering if that played a little bit of a part. The fact is, though, Marnie and Bernard also play in key positions in the spine, you touch the ball more than probably every other player in our team <laughs> over the course of the season, for sure. And they're in positions that are going to lead the team around, so it makes sense to have them as on-field captains as well. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Very much something that Raymond did, yeah, deal with everything off-field and, like you said, the sponsorship events, you know, media through the week, if any, you know, mm. would that no scandal, but even, not even scandal for the club, like a scandal within the, the whole NRL, yeah, or a couple of losses, or yeah, yeah but even a couple, right. yeah, couple of things like the. I still remember. I don't know. This is very weird, but I had the 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 punch rule brought in, and the the Bulldogs sent out Josh Jackson and Tom and do the media. That yeah. that whole week it was them two were doing it because you know two most senior players. Uh, thing so like even when something happens or a talking point in the game happens, it seems to flow down to everyone's club club land and try to get the players' opinions on yeah. things. So that's where I think Raymond will come in really well. And that's why I also think someone like Max King, who I think makes leadership group because I think he's someone who uh, handles the media quite well. Um, yeah. And, and then it. you got... Sorry, I was just going to say, it's interesting that Josh Carr, Josh Adekar, Villarreal, Kikau, and Max King, um, I think that would be really good in that leadership group too for more so the younger players coming through, perhaps not so much the players that are, are established. But if you're a young Indigenous player, the Bulldogs pathway system to have Josh Adekar there is amazing. Uh, same if you're a, a Pacific Islander in the in the um, pathway system, you've got kick out there. I'm not saying that, obviously, 
they have to be exclusively looking after people of those heritages, but just to have somebody in that just leadership easy. group in yep. the club is incredible. And Max King is very, he's been very vocal about his um, religious beliefs and the way he lives his life and a few things like that. So any any guys that um, may feel that you know they're a bit different, perhaps, or or have that strong faith element to their life, uh, to have somebody like Max King in that leadership group to look up to and and really follow. Well, I, I think it's a really well-rounded group. Yeah, it's awesome too. And really, I mean, Kikau, just to add to that, I just agree with you. What you're saying, I know what you meant straight away. He wasn't saying that every Pacifica boy had to talk to Billy Army. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Josh and Akar wouldn't mind talking to some of them, and so would Max. Um, but also, Billy Army Kikau is a two time Premiership winner. He's played yeah. a ton of games for Fiji. He's done quite well for Fiji as well. Um, and, you know, add that to Billy Army Kikau's repertoire of, you know, two, two Premierships next to his name. And he played a massive part in. Mm. Absolutely. And I didn't have this on the run sheet, but you just mentioned the two names not too long ago. Josh Jackson and Aidan Tolman have um, become life members of the club in the off-season as well. So well-deserved. Congratulations there to Josh Jackson and Aidan Tolman. Absolutely. And congratulations to uh, Raymond Fatala-Mariner, our new club captain, Reid Marnie and Matt Burnham, our new on-field captains. And, of course, Josh Adekar, Max Keane. Max King and Billy Armand kick out in the leadership group. Uh, next on the run sheet, Scotty, we're keeping it positive. <laughs> we're yep. keeping it positive. Uh, big win over Canberra in uh, round one of the NRL preseason challenge. Let's, it was good. It was exciting. Um, the way they gelled together was was really exciting. You don't want to get too excited over preseason footy because it, it matters for nothing as of now. It's over, <laughs> we're yep. leading up to round one, but um, yeah, long, t- long suffering fans at the top level. That uh, was great to watch. I'll tell you who stood out for me, Scotty Jacob Preston. I knew you were going to say that name. His performance now, you could go into as much or as little as you want about your background, perhaps with Jacob, but 10 runs for 126 meters and two line breaks, uh, huge impact on the game. And even if you don't want to look at stats. Uh, if you're just watching that game with a beer in hand, I reckon most Bulldogs fans will go, who's that young, blonde, second-rower guy? Yeah, he seems to be doing pretty well out there. So, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 what I thought. Uh, I wasn't drinking a beer, but that's what I thought watching the game, and it wasn't until I went back and looked up the stats to sort of back up <laughs> back up my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, 10 rounds, 126 metres, two line breaks. Uh, very good uh, first-up performance. Yeah, it was a very good first performance. And going... Um, to the office day after it was uh his name was being mentioned and we were like who was he before and now he's being mentioned in the office they were like unreal performance it was unreal uh you know playing on that left edge with Viliami Kikau like I tell you what I know Viliami Kikau is a, a legend but I think a little bit there he's like shit this guy is going better than I anticipated like this there's a kid on my mm. toes like you know who's but I think which is good we've got depth in a position he's would have been doing the world of confidence for him um yeah Guys, a little bit. We might not see a lot of him in the next 12 months in top rate. Um, yeah, we signed with, three year with deal. The, with the squad we got, but um, yeah, for the year after and, and all that, uh, he could he could be one of those players that sort of, I'm going to use air quotation marks, come out of nowhere and all of a sudden be a big impact on the um, on the competition overall. Yeah, uh, he's got potential. There's a little bit of background being a, he's a North Sydney player, and for those who've Listen mm. to the podcast before. I've mentioned I, I 
did uh, a season there, uh, not as a player. God knows, as a player. Uh, worked with the under-20 side where Mr. Mm. Jacob Preston was playing for at the time as a 17-year-old. Uh, so mm. he's punching well above uh, you know, his age. Uh, thing. And watching him train, uh, I can tell you, coaches and staff, you, Jason Taylor gives a good presentation to the whole group at North Sydney saying, you know, be lucky to be 1% of you guys sitting in here and make it to NRL. Well, uh, we had, sorry, continue. Yeah, I was going to say we had a conversation and remember we were all sitting there as a sports staff and they said if you had the one player who would make it just by work ethic and the ability, what preseason, he was always here. His name was always mentioned by every single, mm. um, you know, coaching staff, support staff. Was The way he approached training was unreal, always professional. As a 17-year-old, you, you wouldn't think he was 17. You'd think he was 25, the way, how mature he was. Uh, he approached it, took it very seriously, uh, and he was always respectful around everyone, no matter what he was asked to do. Uh, yeah. And some things, like you could tell some of the players, very uncomfortable, but straight away, um, you know, I, I thought I had to check his birth certificate to make sure he was eligible for them to find out he was 17 at the time. I was <laughs> like, this is crazy. That's well, how I, I remember. I remember when you were working there for that year, Scotty, and I said to you, I remember one conversation I had, so I'm going to give you a bit of a wrap. And now maybe it's, it touches on what you just touched on with the coaching staff there. But I remember saying to you at some point that year, is there anyone in that team that you reckon could make top grade? And you said Jacob Preston. So Yeah. He hasn't made top grade yet. He's made top grade pre-season, pre-season challenge. So. Top 30, though. Top 30. I'm going to take <laughs> yeah, this win. That's so right. A long-term right. deal, too. I reckon he'll get a game this year. I don't reckon he'll... I reckon he might get, you know, one, two, three games this year, but I think next year might be might be his year to really... I'm going to call it. I reckon, he, I reckon he plays 10 this year. I reckon he forces his way to off the interchange bench. Mm. I reckon he's pushing a lot of pressure on Andrew Davey, who I thought played decently in the trials. I'm not mm. saying that he didn't do his role. Corey Waddell, who's on the bench as well, um, didn't think he did anything wrong. Um, mm. But those two players, I think, will be looking over their shoulder very, very closely for a Jacob Preston to slide into a bench spot, I reckon. Definitely. Now, uh, the next thing on, on uh, for this game I had written down was Reynolds and Flanagan's uh, combination in that early try, which we already touched on, so we won't yep, go sorry. into too much. Uh, that's no all right. Too much uh, more, but that was that was really good to see. Braden Burns at fullback did well, I thought. Um, he looked hey, solid yeah. throughout the entire game. Uh, the it's stats for him up. were the stats for him were fourteen runs for one hundred and forty-seven run meters, um, but he just looked steady. I thought he, yeah. he he looks balanced in our team too. Um, you could say this. I don't know if it's the little moustache that Braden Burns has got the trials but he's looking really good look, looking really slick looking really fit as well I feel like he's sort of he's lost a bit of weight um, not saying he was ma- that massive in the first place but or he's bulked I don't know maybe someone could tell us but he's looking in real good shape he just looks yeah. even better he's never been a person who's never looked out of shape either he just looks, it looks scarier no knock on Hayes Perham and I, I expect Hayes Perham to be named at fullback in our in our round one team, I do but, too. But I thought Braden Burns looked better in that trial against Canberra than Hayes did in the second trial, and I, um, I wouldn't be like hopefully not for Hayes's uh, <laughs> from Hayes's opinion, but um, I could see a world in where Braden Burns may actually get a shot at fullback in the top grade this year. 
And I um, say Braden was probably more dangerous in the second trial as well. I mean, played less minutes and I suppose less game mm. time. I know he ran himself out, but and, on the field. And we'll, we'll touch on this more later. The Sharks team was a much stronger team than the Raiders team. Wasn't the yeah. Raiders full strength side and the Sharks are a top four team, the Raiders aren't. But uh, so we'll, we'll qualify what we're saying with that. Um, but yeah, if if Hayes doesn't get off to a strong start uh, at the fullback position, we might see Braden get a crack um, at some point in the season. Um, slight negative here, Scotty. Like <laughs> We've been it. very positive this not episode, like which is great. Uh, I thought Jacob Carraz in that first game looked to have a nervous game. I don't know why he's played on. He's played most of last season. Um, he's been really good in those games. He played at the World Cup. He's played on these big stages, but I don't know what it was. He didn't look relaxed to me. He looked a bit hectic. Uh, he made a few mistakes in that game against the Raiders. Yeah, and I want to be honest. Until you said that, I haven't really thought about it, but I remember now making a mention while watching the game. And I made a mention in a comment was well, we're watching the game before. I could actually see this is Jacob Rouse's like second year. Um, and for whatever reason, I knock on wood, I hope I'm wrong, and I don't like to not wish it on second year, like, syndrome. Second year syndrome. No, and it happened like Dale Trevins was someone who was yeah. very big on the second year syndrome. So, I'm not saying it knocks mm. you out completely, but you mm. see what Cherry Evans has been able to achieve since you know, grand final, a premiership, um, yeah. you know, some good success for Queensland, and of course, he's played for Australia. As well, Cherry Evans in my World Cup. Not yeah, the last year, but previous. for me, for me though, second year syndrome is sort of like the other players working you out and making you less effective, and you have to yeah, find a way to bounce that's, back. That's a good point. But Karaz against the Raiders, he just looked—I don't know—like nervous, and erratic a little bit. Add to that as well. Orkin Ball was named to play on, uh, against the Raiders and. Yeah. I thought Ockenball played his role really well. Um, I thought Ockenball, something with Jane Ockenball, talent, huge amount of talent. And I can always see why he's always there and there's abouts in the top great side. If he's not there, you can always see why he's named in the reserves because mm. tall guy, talent, not the fastest winger, but he's got enough speed to cause damage. Um, yeah. And, but he's always had that moment of, what are you doing? You know, jamming in, out and all that. But on the weekend, or against the Raiders, uh, he scored the first try, uh, which any winger should have scored that try. and mm. But he did. He scored. And um, then he set one up by passing the ball back and inside. Um, and I was going to say, I feel like Ockenbaugh of last year took it on and got tackled out. Um, he just looks, I don't know if it could be, the trial, but he looked a lot calmer. He looked composed. He looked like he backed himself and mm. just not. He was always been someone that's somewhat sporadic and just does something. And it's like, I don't, it's, I don't know if I can tell you why, but. Uh, well, the next thing I had written down here was I thought Ockenball was better than Carras in that game. So there you I'm, go. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. Um, I don't know. Just, Ockenball to me, and I hope he doesn't go down this path, but it's always. I've always thought he's been really solid in like New South Cup, in really yeah, solid in like trials. Um, and he's he's had a few deficiencies in the top grade, in my opinion. Um, so I hope he's not one of these. Another player like that uh, just come to me is like Braden Braden uh, Wakem, like clearly too good for that level, but struggles to um, yeah really dominate or 
you know, be, be a, a solid player in the top grade. So we'll see how Ockenbaugh continues to develop going forward, but a really good start for him. Um, did you have anything else on that game, Scotty? No, it's, it's interesting that we I haven't not looked at your notes at all. <laughs> You're flying by the seat of your pants in this one. Uh, we're moving on to round two of the NRL preseason challenge. The Bulldogs were in a chance for the $100,000 prize money. Uh, didn't go away. A bit of a reality check, I felt. After uh, the build-up in the off-season, lots of positivity around the club from the media uh, and outside pressure. Uh, and then after that, win against Canberra, more positivity from everybody. Uh, I thought it was a bit of a reality check against the Sharks. We started the game well. Um, we're going to touch on a few things here, but how strong does that Sharks team look? I know they finished second last year. They bowed out in two straight losses, uh, but that Sharks team looks so well-rounded at the moment. Yeah, the Sharks team looks really good, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can call it, but you know, don't be shocked if Nico takes a second daily M in a row because... Jesus, he played well for the uh, Indigenous All-Stars week before. Uh, and he played playing well. Some of those kicks, like some of those tries they scored, like that one particular, I can't... Was it Jack Williams who scored that little save from Nico? Mm. How do you defend that? Like, you cannot in any way... Yeah. They score that against every team twice. They do that. Like it, That's something you just can't... Like. You, as an opposite, I, I applauded that. Like, that was nice. It was silky. It was good. Um, mm. So, Well, yeah. I, I didn't applaud, but I uh, wasn't upset when it happened, if you know what I mean. Instead of yeah. blowing up about something we did wrong, I sort of just uh, yeah, took a sip of my drink and went, oh, what do you do? <laughs> there's, no, uh, there's no one you can blame for standing out of spot or someone overshooting yeah. or anything like that. It well, was definitely nothing say. like... Mm. A, you know, conventional or someone jamming when they shouldn't have or stayed back when they shouldn't have came in. Nothing like that at all. It was just... Yeah. Look, we, we did start the game pretty strong. We started the game really well. Uh, when Kickout scored in the first minute of the game, I thought more of the same from the previous weekend was going to happen. Um, and I was thinking we could win that, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was doing the math. We could, we really get the free bonus points. We've got the better differential. Um, but look, I think we look to stay in the game until about midway through that first half, maybe a little bit longer. Um, then it kind of felt the opposite from that point. For me, it felt more of the same as the last few years. But um, yeah, the Sharks, really quality team at the moment. Well done to them. Uh, disappointment for me, Scotty, was kick out getting. Um, yeah, HIA after only about 15 minutes. Very uh, disappointing. I wanted to see, I think most fans probably want to see a lot more of him in his first game, but not to be. And I think uh, Matt, Matt Burton probably had one of, not a, I think Matt Burton would be the first to put his hand up and say that was awful for his standards. Uh, but then also it was his first game in a while. Um, and off, off a big season too, like um, yeah. Origin... Well, it's the face of the club all last year in the halves, his first full season in the halves, played Origin, killed it at Origin level at centre. Uh, they went away and won a World Cup, so it's been a busy busy 18 months for, for Berta. And I would have just loved to see that. Uh, not taking away, because felt like... But I'm pretty sure Flanagan stayed on a bit longer than Burton. 
yeah. Well, the um, other thing, the other thing is, Burnham's got more runs on the board, doesn't he? Yes, it does. So, um, we're looking for less. Flanagan looked, yeah. looked a little bit better again. Yeah. I felt when Reynolds was on the field. I don't know if it's a personality thing or if it's just you know. Mm. Well, maybe that, that talks. Or maybe just, that might be something to keep an eye on as we as we go through. Well, I would have season. loved to see Josh and Birdo in the halves together. Um, yeah. Can I say, can people start tackling Farmer Brown? This is just a random thought that came through. <laughs> this guy does it every single time. I saw it coming from a mile away that he was going to go from the barge over. The mm. barge over. He does it every time, but he does it successfully. I don't know what he does to sell it. But anyway, I know it's a weird one. But I thought he actually. To be honest, I thought he was probably one of our better players in the second trial when he was linking in at lock. He looked very dangerous at lock. And then yeah. when he shifted well, to the number nine, I thought he played really well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Reynolds played a bit of middle forward there too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's a, almost a direct competition for those two because... Uh, could be, yeah, could be. Tyler Brown wasn't named in the... Uh, that little 70 was named in the extended reserves, but he got on the field very early before mm. Reynolds did. But mm. I don't know what if that means anything. If that means that he's winning the lock thing, if there's who knows, they both could be on the bench. <laughs> be a, lock? They could. Yeah, very light bench that would be. Um, okay, next I had here Reed Marnie service in the two trial games. I thought has been really, really good. However, I thought close when we got close to the halftime against um, the Sharks, some of the passes started going a little bit um, off target. So yeah. uh, it's probably the cl- closest I've ever watched Reed play. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that's I've... not true. That's not true. I watched him very closely last year uh, for Para after we signed him. But um, And it's early in the season, so obviously that sort of stuff will get better, but it's just something that I, I noticed in that game. Yeah, he's someone, if would probably be a long-term question hooker, if someone missed, if Mr. Harry Grant didn't live, well, was playing, sorry, not leave, so it was a bit extreme. So it wasn't playing because Harry Grant's a real talent and I I think, you know, he's probably going to be, I reckon Harry Grant's got the potential to be the bit, one of the greatest hookers of all time um, and Reed's up, definitely up there. Um, I thought the service, particularly the first game, was fantastic. You could see it was nice to, I thought that made Flanagan play better and more confident. I felt, you know, Reynolds becomes more effective. And I was thinking when you looked at Josh Reynolds at his best at the Bulldogs, number nine was a Mr. Michael Ennis uh, mm. at the Bulldogs. Mm. And then when you, we saw, I suppose, the decline of, uh, not, not so much a decline, but there was a bit of, a, I remember there been a month, a bit of, you'd hear, oh, he's, you know, not as good as it used to be. Never had that, you know, mm. different hooker was there. Yeah. And but overall, Overall, in the trials, we look to be that first game and the first part of that, the second game, we look to be a lot more well balanced. So, lots to be positive about and look forward to going forward into uh, the season. Uh, round one against Manly first up. They did win the preseason challenge, uh, which really disappointed me because it's Manly and I don't like seeing them win with yeah. anything. Anyway, we're <laughs> getting off topic. Yeah, anyone's game, that one, that's. Uh... A new hope for both teams. Yeah, yeah. And we'll probably talk a bit more about that next week. Um, yeah. Next thing on, on our little run sheet, or my little run sheet here, Scotty, the jerseys. What do you think of the new designs? Okay, so first of all, looked at them, hated them. Um, just put that out there. 
You know, actually, hated them, didn't like them. I actually originally thought they were training jerseys, and I thought they look all right for a training jersey. Like, yeah, with those, maybe, what's mm. they called? Like, captain's runs jerseys they've been doing. So I thought maybe something like that, or when they were doing opposed sessions, someone wears the blue, the other ones wear the white when they do opposed, you know, and separate the teams. That's a good way to separate. Didn't like them. Watch them versus the Raiders. I like mm. the blue. When it's on the field, now I can actually see it. I like. I don't mind the the predominantly blue jersey. Mm. Not a fan of the predominantly white one. Mm. Seen it, so I thought I'll wait and give it a crack when you see him on the field running around. You know, it's new. Yeah. You either like it or hate it. Like another thing, it's like the Dolphins jersey. I've always been a fan of the Dolphins jersey. Might be an opinion. For I most. love the Do- Dolphins home jersey. The first time I saw it was at the grand final when they unveiled it. I didn't see the the leak, and straight away I was like, "That's a nice jersey." Yeah, um, I, I, I liked, liked it. it, and I like it. Then and I was like, I liked it when you seen it. I don't like their away jersey. I don't like predominantly white away jerseys, but um, don't have white in their colours. Yeah, yeah, and, and the red trim. Well, a predominantly white home jersey, like the Dragons or the Bulldogs, but I the, can understand. The blue and whites and red and whites. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But um, as the away jersey, especially when you've got a third colour in your colour scheme, um. Anyway, that's that's just getting off topic and an opinion of mine. Yeah. Um, I also don't like the red trim. But um, back to the Bulldogs jerseys. Now, I'm going to have to sort of agree with you, Scotty, uh, a little bit. Um, going against what seems to be popular opinion, I don't rate the jerseys at all. So yeah. I've seen a lot of love for the jerseys on social media, which surprised me. When, when they first got released, I thought they looked like something best and less would design. Um they look very yeah. simple, very bare. Uh, I remember being in a shopping centre, a sports store, one of the first stores to have them in in uh, stock. Had a look and thought, actually, they don't look too bad in person. Um, but I, I was, again, seeing them on the field, I wasn't a fan. Uh, the sponsorship integration is great, and I feel like that's why most people like it. Most of the uh, sponsored logos are in either blue or white. Um, yes. I think it's just City Tools at the front, which is really small, red on the chest. And then um, there's one on the back. Uh, I can't, can't come to – it's not coming to my mind right now. But apart from that, all the other logos are, are blue or white. And I think that's why a lot of people actually like the jersey. Mm. Uh, but when I look at a design, I, I mentally remove the sponsorships off the jersey anyway uh, and look at just the design. Um, my biggest concern with it, though, is I don't think it's instantly recognisable as a Bulldogs jersey. Yeah, I thought the away one was very much Newtown. <laughs> I, no, I just thought Newtown. I don't know. Well, what... no, the reason I'm laughing is because in two points' time, I <laughs> make the same point. Um, so, yeah, so after the Raiders game, I saw a highlights package um, of all the week's games. It, like, it was just flicking from tries throughout, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. throughout the games. Um, and when I saw the blue jersey running around for the first few seconds, I thought, oh, great, they're including the Newtown Jets New South Cup trials as well. And it wasn't for about five or six seconds. It was probably less than that. It was probably like two or three. But it wasn't until afterwards I realised that it was actually the Bulldogs playing. Yeah, you heard flooding as an name or something, or Reynolds, with the, I don't know, with the ball. And then you're like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah it, was just, it was just like two seconds of, oh, Newtown. Oh, wait, no, that's us. So, yeah, yeah I, that's I, I it was I actually think the jerseys, both those jerseys would have been perfect for a nines competition. 
Well, possibly. The other thing I don't like about them, <laughs> I don't even have this on my list, is I don't like how the one V is bigger than the other. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting a little bit too... Uh, pedantic. Pedantic on that one. But anyway, um, look, I will say this. Um, most of the fans, most of the feedback I've seen on them is that they're great. So... Yeah. Um, most of the fan group like it. Um, maybe, so maybe, maybe we're the odd ones out. Um, yeah. But I'm maybe happy with just... my uh, classic jerseys of the last couple of years, so I uh, probably will be sticking with that for now. Yeah, it's just yeah, you know, I, I agree. Like I said, I've fought training jersey on nines. You know, we you a bit a little bit funky uh, with your designs and. Mm. But yeah, think of bulldogs. Think of like the solid like. Blue V and then having the blue on top. Yeah. On or chest. they at least have the V come up to the shoulders so you can see it from side on or um, maybe yeah, even a little bit from behind. But... I always think, you know, you're blue on top. Yeah. You yeah, had the white it's... bottom with the Vs. You had the... Yeah. And then the away jersey was the opposite, which is yeah. that is now the opposite. But it's... Yeah, I, I'll tell you. Look, if, if we... Oh, sorry. If anyone's listening and you want to buy me a gift, just we'll go to the polo. The polo shirts look good. Like, they look good. I look, would love if, to get a polo. If we start winning in them, <laughs> come top four. We'll, we'll, uh, I think be, stop I think caring I'll, so quick. <laughs> I think I'll stick to that in the heritage jersey, maybe. Um, but the polos are looking good. Some of the merchandise looks really good out of the Bulldogs. Um, polos, the caps looking really cool as well in the shorts. Um, but I'm going to tell you, yeah, I. I've made it clear to a few people. Don't. I don't want a jersey this year. I will just hold off. I've got a couple of jerseys from the last two years. I'll just wear them to games or the polo. I do agree with you. The blue did look a bit better, in my opinion. All right, moving on. <laughs> Hit that for enough, I think. Um, well, even though it's the NRL preseason, there are some competitions the Bulldogs take a part in that have got underway, Scotty. We'll start with the Harold's Matthews Cup. In round one, we had a 32-22 win over the George Dragons at Belmore Sports Ground. In round two, we had a 36-20 win against the South City Rabbitohs at Redfern Oval. And in round three, we lost to the Newcastle Knights 20-12 at St. John's Oval. So as it currently stands after three games, we are in fifth spot on the Harold Matthews Cup ladder. Uh, and a player um, that I've picked out from the, the squad uh, is Mitchell Woods. He's a halfback. Uh, he made the most metres in round one and scored a double in round two. He's also a goal kicker, so perhaps keep an eye out for Mitchell Woods going forward. Uh, SG Ball Cup is also underway. In round one, we also beat the St. George Dragons at Belmont 26 points to 14. In round two, we also beat the South City Rabbitohs at Redfern Oval 32 points to 14. And in round three, we also lost to the Newcastle Knights, 32 points to 14 at St. John's Oval, uh, putting us in seventh on the SG Ball Cup uh, competition. So uh, interesting that the results uh, mirrored there. And Newcastle in a couple of years might have some young guns coming through. Uh, the other competition uh, at the moment, Scotty, is the Lucifer's Rugby League Women's Premiership, or the Harvey Lawman Women's Premiership, if you will. Uh, round one saw us beat the St. George Dragons, 54 points to four at Belmore. Round two, we beat South Sydney Rabbitohs at Henson Park. <laughs> a bit of a change up there, 16 points to 12. Round three, again, lost to Newcastle Knights, 26 points to four 
at St. John's Park. And in that competition, we are third. Uh, Abby Church is playing for us, Scotty, in that competition from Parramatta in the NRLW. She is the uh, leading try scorer in our team. Interesting. It would be weird to I understand the women's game a bit different and with NRLW and all that. Um, but to say, to say that you're a Bulldogs and Eels player at the same time, quite yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, I was actually going through the Harvey Norman New South Wales Women's Premiership uh, team uh, just yesterday, actually, and I thought I'd read it out just because um, if you don't know uh, the competition, our side actually includes Gail Broughton, a fullback, the former uh, All Black Sevens player, um, uh, obviously, Abby Church. Uh, got Taylor Preston in at 5'8 for Renee Target at halfback. Ruben Cherrington's involved. Uh, Holly Wheeler at lock as well. So some, some high-quality NRLW talent in that team. So if you get a chance to get out to a game, um, do so. Seems like we've got a pretty good team there. Uh, next week's uh, games in the uh, Women's Premiership on Sunday against the Sharks at Shark Park. Harold Matz, uh, North City Bears at Belmore at Saturday at 1pm, and SG Ball at 11.30am against the Belmain Tigers. So three games, three different opposition. That's uh, quite rare for that level of competition. Yeah, it's usually mirrored, isn't it? As a uh, uh, motorbike runs over Scotty. <laughs> That's right, it's normally mirrored in round three, uh, or the first three rounds, I should say, those three competitions have been mirrored for our draw, so bit of a change up this week um it's pretty funny that we we won round one and two and lost round three all against the same opposition in those competition uh apart from that scotty is there anything that's happened in the off season that uh you wanted to bring up oh no i think you've done a good job with uh writing the notes uh catch, capturing everything uh but there is uh, uh i don't know uh, maybe just a Talking point, what uh, maybe just to finish it off, what has uh, I suppose Kevin Serraldo done to? I think, like, I know it's early days in his coaching career or head coaching career, I should say, not coaching career. He's been around for a long time coaching. Um, but he's definitely put a lot of belief, like a lot of excitement. I don't think we've had this excitement, I haven't had this excitement, I think, since Dean Pay first taking over. I know, I'm not saying it was the best result, but you've had that belief in the Dean Pay that. So it was, and then I didn't get that excitement under Trent Barrett, and that might have been partly because Trent was a head coach elsewhere that didn't end too crash hot. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's hard to like say what's the best thing Serrano's done. Um, yeah. I think you got to pick something off the kennel. That <laughs> uh, I, I think, yeah, I'd go off off the kennel, the togetherness and the connection that the uh, top thirty and maybe plus 10 other players have at the moment. The club looks, looks really good and really promising. So uh, I think that's all I can say, to be honest. Um, we're sort of in a similar boat as we have been in previous years, coming off seasons of under-successful uh, results. Uh, but it does feel a lot more positive um, this time around. However, I feel like we said something like that a couple of years ago. So it all come down to results on field, obviously. So we'll have to wait and see how we go in the um, first month of football. Yes, it'll be, be a big month. It's very, um, yeah, very excited though. I, I don't know. I've got, I've got a feeling that 
be a better year. Um, don't want to say top eight, but I do actually want to say that. Um, but <laughs> uh, I feel it'd be a better year. Um, I just a lot of a lot of uh, praise to him early early days. So uh, hopefully that can mean we can get a couple of good wins early on in the season and set ourselves up. Yeah, hopefully. Well, that's a good segue into it, Scotty. I was going to finish the episode on round one against Manly on Saturday. Uh, so that's not this weekend, obviously, it's the weekend after. So enjoy, everybody, enjoy your Lark's weekend off before 31 straight weeks of NRL football. Um, I can't wait. I'm excited. Uh, we'll probably do another episode next week, Scotty, before that game with the team list and go from there. But um, unless you've got anything else to say, I think that's a wrap for uh, episode one, season five. Yeah, see you next week.